Good evening and welcome. Our first song tonight, number 66. Number 66. Beautiful groves of white, beautiful land of light, beautiful homes of bright, where there shall come no night, beautiful crown away, shining and bright o'er there, yonder in mansions fair, gather us there, beautiful Good evening, Church of Christ. <laughs> Good evening. Wow. A little tired. Sorry. I didn't mean to. A um, couple announcements before we have our devotional. Um, uh, life Group 1 and Life Group 5, uh, this Sunday evening, after or Sunday morning after services, we'll be having lunch. Uh, life Group 1, it's Rick's Life Group, will be meeting in a middle auditorium. And Life Group 5, that's Mike's Life Group, will be meeting in the old, old auditorium. And on uh, August 20th, Life Group 3, that's Jeremy's Life Group, will be meeting in the middle auditorium for lunch after services that day as well. Uh, those going to Polishing the Pulpit uh, is August 16th through the 24th. Um, also, um, put on your schedules as well. Uh, we're having a, a wedding shower for Wesley and Lindley on August 26th. They are registered at Target and Amazon. Uh, that's, that's August 26th. Um, Life Group 2 is asking for donations for hairbrushes for mothers uh, living at Lily's Place. Uh, they're taking donations until Sunday and taking the brushes to them on Monday. So if you can help out with that, I know uh, those young ladies will, would appreciate that. Also, uh, the preschool apple trees up uh, in the middle foyer. Uh, if you can grab one or two or three or four or five, six, seven, eight or apples, help uh, the preschool out. We'll love, uh, love that. It uh, helps with uh, supplies 
uh, for the upcoming class, uh, the little kids uh, coming in uh, to the preschool this year. Uh, don't forget uh, on, youth, on youth events that this Friday and Saturday, on um, August 11th through the 12th, is the camp out at Lake Lusuvius. Um, it's for pre-K to 12th grade. Uh, please bring your own tent. Um, if you need a tent, um, Marvin McAllister has a tent uh, you can borrow. It's for three people. Um, uh, just let him know. Um, let Chris or Marvin know if you're planning on going to that as well, so that way they can plan accordingly. Updates on our prayer list. Remember, continue to keep John Klein in your prayers uh, this week. Uh, he's having a heart replacement and test done on August 14th. Keep uh, Jimmy Wilgus in your prayers as well. He continues with his cancer treatments in uh, Columbus or Cleveland. And uh, keep Sean Maynard in your prayers. Keep Judy Jordan. Uh, Judy Jordan's having an ablation uh, on at the end of this month on the 30th. So keep um, Judy and Marvin both in your prayers at this time. Also keep Jim Haney in your prayers and Amber Spitzer. Keep uh, Emma Swango. That's Terry Baker's mom. Uh, keep Jerry's sister, Carolyn Olin, in your prayers. Uh, she has ammonia and she's still at St. Mary's. Is that right? She's in ICU at this time. So uh, keep Jerry's sister in your prayers at this time. Also keep Joe and Sandy Galloway's granddaughter in your prayers, Merritt, uh, with type 1 diabetes. Keep uh, Tanya Sumblin in your prayers. That's uh, Sandy Dunlap's uh, niece. Uh, she's dealing with cancer at this time. And also uh, keep Jim Martin in your prayers as well. Um, he's back in ICU as well, so keep him in your prayers. Um, also keep, keep Steve McLeod in your prayers as well at this time and the family. Um, that's all the announcements I have. Is there anything else I may have missed? Let's go to God in prayer at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful and blessed to be able to be here this evening, Lord, to be able to learn more about you, to sing praises to you, Lord. I pray that you be with Aiden, that he, he delivers a message this evening, Lord, that we're so thankful for his courage and his willingness to, to do that. And we, I continue to pray that he sets this example for us and also others here at Rome and also in school and within his community, Lord. And we are so proud of him, Lord, and, and what he's accomplished by doing this, Lord. Lord, we ask, also ask you at this time to, to be with all the ones who are dealing with cancer at this time, Lord. Be with Jimmy and Sean and, and Jim and Amber and Tanya. Just be with them, Lord, and be with the their family members, be with the chemo that they're taking, Lord, and bring them back to 100% health, Lord. Lord, we ask you to be with Jerry's sister at this time, Lord. Please be with her, heal her, Lord. Let her get back on her feet, Lord. We, we pray for, at this time, Jim Martin, Lord, and, and, and the Picklesomer family, Lord. Just, we ask you to be with them and, and get him back on his feet, Lord. We Help him with his brain bleeds, Lord, and, and Lord, just, just be with him and the family. Lord, we ask you to be with us the rest of this week, Lord. Let your word encourage us. Let your word guide us. Give us the wisdom we need, Lord. Lord, we have so many kids that are going to college or already off in college, Lord. We ask you to be with them, guide and direct them, Lord. Keep them safe. 
Lord, as their travels, as they start a new chapter in their lives, Lord. Lord, we ask this time to continue to be with our widows and our shut-ins. Let us be an encouragement to them. Let us send them a card. Let us let them know that we are thinking of them and praying for them. Lord, we ask you so much. But most of all, we are so thankful for you send your son to die on the cross for us, Lord. Lord, to love you, show us the grace. May we, may we honor you in everything we do. Lord, forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray. Amen. Our next song tonight, number 515, 515. If you can, please, let's stand as we sing this song. On thy glorious summit stood a numerous host redeemed by blood.
Be seated, please. If you'd like to turn in your mark in your songbook, the song after this evening's lesson, number 297. 297. After you've marked that, let's sing In Christ Alone. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my life, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, where fears are still, with striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless thing, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied, for every sin on him was laid, here in the death of Christ I live, there in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain, then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again, and as he stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me, for I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. No guilt in life, no fear in death, this is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, For the people watching live, please skip this part. It's going to be very bad. Could you walk up to someone right now and talk to them about Jesus? I would think I would be thinking that answer would be no. Today I'm going to be talking about gaining confidence in evangelism. 
the story in, in the story of David and Goliath. The story of David and Goliath. David had a lot of confidence. Goliath also had a lot of confidence. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 8 through 10, it says, You also be patient, establish your hearts. He stood, he stood and shouted to the ranks of the Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, or are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and let them come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prefer against you and, and kill him, then you shall be our servants, and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man, and we shall, that we may fight together. What Goliath is saying here is that instead of hundreds or thousands of people being killed in a war, he, Goliath fights, and then the Israelites pick someone to fight. And then the winner of those fight, the fight, the opposite team has to serve the winning team. It's pretty obvious why Goliath was confident here. Mostly because of his size, his stature, and his experience fighting. For example, in 1 Samuel 17, 4, it says, And there came out to the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span, roughly translating to nine feet and six inches. It also says that, which is... Nine feet and six inches was very tall for anything, really. But especially for someone you're trying to fight, it's going to be pretty difficult for David to get any hits off without having a strategy. Now, the, the verse also says that he was a champion, meaning that he's fought many a people. And since those were mostly fights to death, it's, it's pretty safe to say that he was pretty good with fights because he didn't die. In, in 1 Samuel, verse 5, it says, He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and it was the coat of mail that was the weight of 5,000 shekels. 5,000 shekels really translates to 121 pounds, which is about the size of me. It's... Meaning that not only is he heavily protected from any attacks, he also is very strong because you can carry me around without carrying any carrying at all. In verse six, it says, "And he had a bronze arm around on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders." Nothing immediately sticks out about this javelin. Javelin out. 
if it, you're just talking about the javelin, but usually Philistines didn't really have javelins, which means that Goliath killed someone, took that javelin, and then basically just left. I mean, Goliath could throw this javelin a, o, over 100 yards, which is about the size of a football field. So that means if you could see if you could see Goliath, he could most likely kill you. In, in verse 7, it says, The shaft of a spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear had weighed 600 shekels of iron, and his shield bearer went before him. The, the weight translation here is roughly 32 pounds for the spearhead, and the spear was most likely around 20 feet long. That means you, if you are in between, if you are in 20 feet distance from Goliath, he could most likely kill you. Even if you could attack him, he had a shield bearer, so you wouldn't be able to deal meaningful damage to Goliath itself. Rather, the shield bearer would block most of the attacks, and then Goliath would truly finish you off by one or two attacks with a spear. So we know why Goliath was so confident, but why is David so confident? In 1 Samuel 7, 17, verses 45, 45 through 46, it says, And David said to the Philistines, You come with me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come with you in the name of the Lord of the hosts, the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you from out of my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. I will give the dead bodies of the, of the host of the Philistines to this day to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the earth, that all of the earth may know that there is a living God in Israel. This shows, this verse shows that David was not confident as, in himself as much as he was confident in God. What makes it? What makes David so confident is, mo is most likely three reasons that I've come up here with. The first reason being David knows his Bible. The more the more David reads his Bible, the more he can know about what the what our God can do, and what what what's possible through him. In verse 26 of the same passage I've been reading, it says, And David said to the, the men who stood by him, And what shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is the uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David states here that he believes that the living God, and there is a living God, fighting on his side. And he also believes that it's stronger than anything the Philistines have to throw at us, which is true. But in order to, to think that there's a, in order to know that there's a living God, you must learn that there's a living God. So how did David learn that there was a living God? Most likely, his dad, Jesse, would have told him about stories like the flood, the walls of Jericho falling down, and the ten plagues of Egypt. 
his dad would have talked about these stories. Such in Deuteronomy, such in verse Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 7. Where it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Let the and these words that I command you shall be and these words I command you shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to their children, and you shall talk them with them at when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. This shows that if, do, if, if David's dad believed in the Bible, which he did, he would have told David about the, these stories and many more. But what, what does this mean for us? How do we become more confident in things like evangelism? If we read the Bible as much like David did, we would, we would be more confident in evangelism such as when we know all the answers to a test, if the teacher gives us all the answers to the test, it's easier to do the test than it was without the answers. We need our Bibles to know God. When we read our Bibles, it gives us the answers to the it gives us answers for the test that, to the answers, to questions that people ask us. We all know the answers because we read the Bible. In, ver- in verse... Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16. It says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored your your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, that teach me, a, teach me your statutes. With my lips, I will declare your rules for, of your mouth. I will, in the way of your testimonies, I, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate in your precepts, and I will fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes, and I will not forget your word. This, show, this, uh, this verse basically says... If you want to keep your heart pure, you must read the Bible and follow the Bible. And if you follow the Bible, you'll be doing what God wants. And if you know what God wants, you can be more confident in evangelism. My, th- my second point here is the more experience I have with, you have with God, the more advanced the more 
confidence you'll have in evangelism. In the, in the mission trip in Waverly, Tennessee, it opened my eyes to people that need God. And it, it didn't really give me confidence, but it opened my eye, but it made me want confidence to tell people on how to get to heaven. The first time you ride your bike, you would most likely fall, and I would think you would. But the more you ride your bike, the better you'll get at it. Same way with evangelism. The more you evangelize, you'll probably get better with it. By the, fit, by the first time you evangelize, you might not find the, word, the right words to say. You might uh, lose track on what you're saying. You might be slow with your words. But the more, by the eighth time, you should be able to understand what the questions to the other person is. You'll be able to talk more fluently, and you'll also be able to structure sentences correctly. And my final point here today is the more, the more you pray, the more confident you'll be in evangelism. How do we know? How can we connect? David to this. Well, there's not many, there's not much prayers in the Bible about in the book of David and Goliath. However, in the book of Psalms, over half of the book, over half of the things written in Psalms are written by David. And since most of the Psalms are prayers, we can make make a conclusion that David viewed prayers very importantly and prayed a lot. If you read Psalm 27, verse 4 and 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. For whom shall I be afraid? One thing I have asked the Lord from the Lord and that I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord for all my days, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire his temple. In the first, first verse one of this book says that, it's saying that David is very confident in the, in, in the word of God. And he would not And with because he's so confident in God, he wants to stay with him for a long time. And he wants to stay with him forever because all he wants in life is to be with God. And because he's with God, he'll know what he, he reads the Bible. And because he reads the Bible, he'll evangelize in the more, and the more confident he'll be in evangelism as well as defeating Goliath. I end, I end this lesson right now by asking you a few questions. Will you take this information and be right and commit to evangelism and study evangelism and do, ev- do more evangelism? Will you think about your life and think about 
do you want to follow Jesus or not? Because if you do want to follow Jesus, I invite you to come, come, down, come up here as we stand and sing. I want to be a worker for the Lord. I want to love and trust His holy word. I want to sing and pray and be busy every day in the vineyard of the Lord. I will work, I will pray in the vineyard, in the vineyard of the Lord. I will work, I will pray, I will labor every day in the vineyard of the Lord. I want to be a worker strong and brave. I want to trust in Jesus' power to save. All who will truly come shall find a happy home in the kingdom of the Lord. I will work, I will pray in the vineyard, in the vineyard of the Lord. I will work, I will pray, I will labor every day in the vineyard of the Lord. Let us pray at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we're thankful for another time we have together. Father, for the beautiful songs we've sung tonight, and Father, for Brother Steve and his leading them, and, and Father, for the lesson we've heard from Brother Knapp. Father, we're just so thankful for the encouragement that we can gain uh, from all those who present lessons uh, in this congregation, but also especially those that are young, and Father, that have years to go that can be great servants, Father, for you in, in the future, as well as right now. Father, we're just so thankful for their dedication and their love for you and the way that they prepare for a lesson and present a lesson, Father. We just pray that you continue to bless each one and, and all those who, who present lessons here at the congregation. We're so thankful, Father, for the talent that you've given them and the understanding that they have of the word. Father, we just ask that you will bless us to, to have truly the confidence uh, to do and confidence and faith in you <clears throat> to do your work and do your will so that we'll be able to glorify your name uh, and you, uh, Father, in this world among our friends and neighbors. Father, we ask your blessings upon our, our country as well at this time and upon our state, uh, Father, as, as some things have been done here politically wise, Father, that we pray your blessings that things that we'll be voting on in November and, and those issues, Father, that might come up, that there's some way that we can be a positive moral uh, answers to most of the questions that we're going to be voting on. And Father, we just pray your blessings upon all those who vote and all those who lead us, and especially Brother Jason at this time, to continue to help him and, and all those, Father, that represent us, Father. Father, we just pray that you will be with the many that are hurting, many that are sick. Continue to bless those who, who aren't able to ever be here, Father, with, with Roger Pryor and Peg and Marvin and Judy and Eloise Hayes and Jim and Margaret and so many we can go on and on, Father. We just pray that you'll, you'll bless each one of them in a special way. And Father, we do pray as this weekend comes and the next two or three days ahead of us that 
those who are going to school, whether it be elementary or high school or, or those leaving to go to college, Father, that they will also have that <coughs> confidence and faith in you to continue strong, Father, in your work and in your will, realizing how much you love us and them and how much they have to live for, Father, to, to continue your work here in this congregation and wherever they may end up, Father. Just pray that you'll bless each one of them with safety and, and Father, help them to learn and help them to grow in you. Father, just bless us as we have class tonight. Bless the many teachers that you'll bless them and help them as they present lessons to us. And bless us, Father, as we strive to, to live and do your will. Forgive us, Father, when we do give up on you sometimes and, and not do what we should do. Just And also when we sin, Father, we just pray that you'll forgive us and help us. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>